and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a dove with an eating disorder. Ooh. And and, and the eating disorders one, because we, we, you and I, look, we're looking, we're, which way's the beach, Alex? Which way's the beach? Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot And how big's the point. beach ball? <laughs> look at your muscles over there, big boy. Ooh. How's the gym been going? Oh, it's going right. Project Project Summer Bods 2021. <laughs> Do we, I, I, I'm on Project uh, Summer Bod 2023, mate. I, it's oh, not, yeah. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there for 2021. <laughs> that's a guarantee. I know, that's too ambitious. I'm, I'm setting myself a standard target. Um, yeah, we, we were just having a nice chat off air. Um, about the fact that you hate the rowing machine. I why, do. Why do you hate the rowing machine? What's the rowing machine ever done to you? Oh, because it just sucks, mate. It like does. it, does. <laughs> it, it does. It absolutely sucks. It's bullshit, I know. It, it, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> Look, get my heart rate up. Fine. I'm, I'm going I'm to do it on a treadmill. I'm going to yeah. do it on a CrossFit. Yeah. I'm going to do it on a bike. I'm going to not do it yeah. on a bloody rowing machine because they suck. So, so what is it for you? Are you just interested in the heart rate? Is that what you're after? Is it just you? You just want something to raise your heart rate and get you get you going? Because do you know what? It, you don't need a gym, mate. You just need to go through a haunted house. Yeah, or, yeah, this or, is true. Or, or, or come true. or come with me to the cinema later when we talk about moving forward. We, we'll go and see a quiet place too together. That will be. I'll, I'll sit next to you, mate. And I'll break my rule. I'll break my rule of never going to see a scary movie in the cinema with you. <laughs> Why don't you come to the cinema with me in your gym gear with a headband and a sweat towel? and stuff like this <laughs> be like he's breaking a sweat he's, oh. he's getting the heart rate up <laughs> that's what we'll do oh my days there's a lot to talk about this week isn't there there is we've got so much to talk about so much news there's some new trailers there's some new things that have dropped on netflix there is some things that have concluded on amazon and disney we're, we're kind of cross platforms this week yeah we are there's just lots of stuff going lots on. of a lot of interesting stuff oh and of course the main feature this week which of course is a rocket man i'm i, I do you know i'm wow so you happy. actually said the title of the movie yeah, this week i'm doing it i've turned over I'm turned over a new leaf. I know. I'm trying to trying to up my uh, trying to up the the ante on how we actually deliver this, mother. Because to be honest, mate, I I really wanted to get to this film for quite a while, and we've been kind of skirting well, I've been around recommending it, for, it to you for you the longest time. Do you know? Well, I mean, do you know what? Been out. <laughs> but what tipped it over the edge was it just came onto Netflix. Okay, that, <laughs> that as, that, that was, you know, that's, that's kind of what works for most people. I've found exactly so it comes on comes onto one of the streaming services you own. Can, much more likely to watch it. Convenience is key. However, the cinemas are starting to open again, so that because because I think that was it, right? I mean, throughout the whole the whole of the pandemic, it was like, well, if it's not on a streaming service and it's a relatively new film, I mean, what do I what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> what do, what do no, you do? No, exactly. Is that, you know, um, I mean, we went out of our way to find a lot of these movies when we were doing our Oscars run up, mm. but you know other than that like you'd just be recycling stuff through netflix wouldn't you and don't get me wrong like i've i've i've, I've i'm not ashamed to say i didn't realize that the back catalog of the complete three series of father ted's on channel four oh so you my best, days you best believe oh my days <laughs> i stick that on when i'm making dinner. now i know why i've not been able to get in touch with you mate oh it's so brilliant the other one the other one is um been rewatch. We talked about this a while ago. Rewatching the Office because we're doing the Office Ladies podcast. Listening to those two oh, really? chat, it's quite interesting. And I know yeah, you're doing now, the same with I've, the Scrubs. I'm I'm doing the Office at the moment. Yeah, and I've gotten further into it than I've ever gotten before because I've only attempted it oh, twice. God. 
beforehand and i've only ever got as far as you know when they do the best cold the best cold open ever which is the parkour oh i think the oh you might not have got to the best cold open ever because that's the second best that's the second best cold open well surely that's a subjective thing no 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 you'll know you'll know the best one when you see it well uh right i'll say the words fire drill oh no yeah yeah i've seen fire drill i've seen fire drill but usually I get to about the parkour stage in the show's run and I go, oh, this is just, it's just tr- silly. This is just rubbish. It's just, I, silly. It's, just a, it's a consumption thing. Yeah. It's a, it gets to the point where I'm just consuming this show and I'm not actually getting anything out of it it's, it's because it's you've to- seen most of it before. But I've gotten much further this time. I've actually gotten halfway through season eight. Oh, very which good. Is, which is prime james spader territory and yes. i'm very much enjoying him yeah he's very he's, good he's he's quite funny but i'm also and I'm, I'm plowing through to the end and i don't think i'm speaking too soon to say i will finish this show and then i will never watch it again oh i i, I, I just know you're wrong i just know <sighs> you're wrong no. do you know how many times i've rewatched that thing yeah the but you actually like this all oh, right you don't like you actually it. like it is this like the rowing machine for you is that what no this it's not is? like the rowing machine for me i i know i get all the points why people like it and love it and stuff like that i just don't have that connection to it enough that i would ever go back and watch it you struggle with emotional connections often alex isn't it the case no. so <laughs> i'm a stoic one me. <laughs> <You're> so, <yeah. laughs> the the lateral emotions of a rock absolutely alex we are not an emotional podcast by any stretch of the imagination and yeah, whilst we're, listening we're also to not an office podcast either <laughs> whilst listening to us can be an emotional experience for our listeners we are in fact a music and a movies podcast and each week we will talk to you about some of the most amazing musical tributes musicals to some of the most creative geniuses that have ever walked this earth Oof. and i mean that quite literally because if there's one takeaway from rocket man it's holy shit elton john has had a life oh yeah and he's and also he's a goddamn genius he's a genius <laughs> but do you know something that i've always thought about elton john is he's he doesn't look as old as he should look for both when he was born when he was brought up and the kind of life that he's had yeah, is that and also makes sense? the stuff he's put in his body that, that's the point i'm making yeah, yeah, he, yeah he doesn't look as if he doesn't look that old i don't think and we saw him recently i think a couple of months ago he was doing a piece on bbc when he was i think he was singing one of his songs and it was just totally <laughs> was really, did you see that, that really one funny you, you you set that up as an oh, I, oh we saw, saw saw him a couple of months ago who popped around to the flat for a dinner yeah he popped you know? around and he looked great he looked fine <laughs> yeah he was looking he was looking a bit great i mean he, you know he pissed himself halfway he was, through he the night wearing, and stuff, he was wearing but, you know. his normal his normal glasses yeah he kept for, he kept forgetting where he was <laughs> Um, kept screaming halfway through dessert so you know but he was looking great he was looking yeah, okay no he was on tv i think he was on like the, the morning show or one of these one of these sort of um yeah. morning tvs and he was doing a i don't know what one he was doing tiny dancer i think and he was just I, i'll try and find the video it's so funny because he just mumbles through the lyrics it's almost like a karaoke ver- if you ever saw shooting stars rick v rick Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer used to oh, do yeah. this kind of pub singer one where it's like totally illegible. People, they kind of know the tune. And, he was literally doing that. Well, as this, he was is what, this is what I feel whenever anybody sings a song in a sports stadium, I think. 
Yeah. Because you've got thousands of thousands pe- thousands of thousands of people all approximately singing the th- same thing, but I just get the feeling that everyone's looking at each other going, do you know the words? Yeah, no yeah, one's I got a clue. I don't know, I don't know the it's words. like um, Lee Mack used to do this joke about Robbie Williams. He'd be, you know, you'd pay to see him at Wembley. We go, um, it would build up to angels, and he'd go, "Come on, Wembley, you know this one." And he'd hold the microphone up to the up to the audience, and Lee Mack would go, "Yeah, we do know this one, Robbie, but we've all paid about hundred and twenty pounds for a ticket. So do you mind just fucking singing it for us?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love a good recycled joke on a podcast. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> take credit for someone else's. Brilliant. Genius. Well, as long as as long as you went up to it. That's oh, the mate. most important thing. That's it. Well, it's all the ones that I haven't owned up to. That's the problem. Oh, I see. That's what's keeping me up at night. Jesus. <laughs> now, one of the biggest challenges that Elton John faced trying to get this project moving forward is that many producers told him they wanted to make a PG-13 rated film. John told them that all the same thing. Uh, John told them all the same thing, that he had not led a PG-13 life. And I think yeah. that's a really good phrase to, that, to kick it yeah, off. That, that is quite interesting. It's very interesting that one, they wanted to make a PG movie and then you see the movie that we got and you go, oh, you couldn't have made a PG version of that. No, you couldn't. And, and, the and do you know what else you couldn't make a, a version of this movie? What? Is the version that was released in Russia. Right? What? Did you hear about this? No. Okay, so, so they released this movie in Russia... Right, but the Russian is film... there something against homosexuality no, no, no. So or something? The Russian okay. film board took out any scene with homosexuality, right. drugs, or alcohol. What was that film? I know. I, I want to like, see that I film. I, I want to yeah, release the Russia cut. <laughs> I know. And I was like, "What? What did you show then?" Like, it's just him hitting a baseball. That's at like stadium. the whole movie. That's like the whole movie. Yeah. That is mad. Now we talked about the PG-13 element, because there's something else that was going on at the time this film was released a couple of years ago. And I'll tee you in, because I've got quite a lot of facts about this, mate. And I know it's a really good talking point. The BBC's film critic, Mark Kermode, praised Rocketman for for taking risks in its portrayal of Elton John. In a stark contrast to Bohemian Rhapsody, also in 2018, in which was widely criticized for being a sanitized, family friendly version of his friend Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I mean that's kind of touching on the point of the you know that, that we did previously. But let's really get under the skin of the the Bohemian Rhapsody Rocket Man s because Remy Malik was originally to make a cameo appearance reprising his role as Freddie Mercury from no, Bohemian really? Rhapsody. Yeah, display, I didn't know that to display the friendship between Mercury and Elton. However, the producers ultimately scrapped this idea. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember in Bohemian Rhapsody, there is a phone conversation where he's talking to Elton on the other side of the phone. Oh, and I've not seen it yet. And I think we, I was thinking, mate, we follow up, we go next week, we go Bohemian Rhapsody. But I'm not quite sure we're going to have to find it somewhere. But you got it? Yeah, I think, it I, think I, I think I have it. Oh, excellent. We'll have to, I think I have we'll have to send it over. Nah, but do you know, do you know the other reason why that, why that couldn't work? That little crossover with Rami Malek. Why not? It's because even though the manager, John Reed is in both movies. I've got it here. He is, he's, portrayed he is play, by, he's played by two different Game of Thrones actors. Manager John Reed is portrayed in this film by Richard Madden. Madden's Game of Thrones co-star Aidan Gillian portrayed John Reed in Bohemian Rhapsody, just as you say. Yeah. Um, now, some other crossovers as well. Dexter Fletcher, who is the, the director, it's his second biographical uh, movie mu- or about music and movie about a musical person. Yeah. Fletcher was assistant director on Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Well, it wasn't that it wasn't that he was assistant director. It's that he was called in to finish the thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and that's why Bohemian Rhapsody for me is nowhere near as good as this movie. Rocket interesting, Man. interesting. For, for me, it really, really isn't. And then Ooh. there's lots and lots of different reasons why. Um, the the biggest point of which is I think everyone in Rocket Man is really, really selling the movie. Sure. And yeah. everyone was really owning their parts. Like Bryce Dallas Howard. My God. I didn't as realize the, as the, she was in it. Yeah, yeah. As the mother. Jeez. Like amazing. Really, really great. And, you know, Richard Madden as John Reed and all that. In Bohemian Rhapsody, let's put it this way. Rami Malek's shoulders must hurt. Really? Does he just carry that movie? He was carried. He? he carried that. But have you not seen it? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I think uh, we'll maybe do that one next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm not. I'm keen to not spoil it too much. Then, okay. But the biggest thing I would say about Human Rhapsody is it's very much uh, Freddie Mercury and Queen biopic. Right. So it, it's it's basically just a history lesson, life of type thing, ah. and there's nothing really else to it. It's got it's got some really amazing technical accomplishments in that okay. it recreates scenes really really well like their famous live aid concert wembley show and yeah. stuff like that and they recreate images from that gig as if and it's uncanny how close they get but to they, the, but to they the do actual that in footage this. they do that with they do that in this but it's not the it's not the point of the movie right because the point of rocket man and this is where i think it geniusly separates itself from the Bohemian Rhapsody model is the fact that this is a musical. It's yeah. not concerned with the the dates, or th- there's hardly ever a date or a year put in this movie. Is yeah, there? you're right. You're right. There, yeah. There's there's literally just uh, costumes and aesthetics. Yep. And then I think he says, "I I <laughs> I became a cunt in 1975." At the end, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he said that. There's a date, but. All the songs, you know, he's singing Elton John songs when he's little Reggie Dwight. So the film's not concerned with, oh, let's only put songs in the movie based on when they were actually released. Yeah. And all that, which is, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, you were waiting till, you were waiting until when Queen wrote Bohemian Rhapsody to hear Bohemian Rhapsody. Etc. Etc. I I do have a thought on that a little bit later. I do want to, I do want to come back because it's a really interesting statement you make. Um, just very quickly, just comparing the final ones. So we did see, uh, when Elton's going through his record collection, we did see a day at the races briefly as a little nod to oh, Dexter yeah. Fletcher. Um, and this is this is Dexter Fletcher's second jukebox musical because he also did Sunshine on Leaf. Which, I love that movie. It's, it's good, isn't it? Which, again, is the Proclaimers um, almost musical. And it's very similar, isn't it, in some ways? Because, again, that does that's not interested, as you've said, in terms of when the songs were released and stuff. It's just a it's a homage to all the songs. And telling well, I mean, a that's, kind of a that's slightly story. different. That's slightly different yeah, because it's not that's a, it's not a biopic. Because yeah. it's not about the Proclaimers. Yeah. Um, you know, in the same way that Mamma Mia is not about ABBA. Yeah. You know, I would, I would, the, the big sweeping statement for me is Sunshine on Leith is the Proclaimers version of Mamma Mia. Yeah, like it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just random characters doing random things, but doing it to the soundtrack of the Proclaimers back catalogue song, sure. where you're not entirely sure if the Proclaimers exist in this world and they're just singing all the Proclaimer well, songs, we which is weird. <laughs> now, nah, but yeah. see, that's a cameo. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's know, like know, a cameo and you don't know, know that it's them or 
we know that it's them, but yeah. the the movie world doesn't know that it's them. But, but I think that's why Rocket Man was so much more difficult because if you if you if you're doing that for Mamma Mia and, and Sunshine and Leith, you can roughly fit the story around the songs because you know the songs. Yeah. But Rocket Man is making a musical about things that have actually happened. So yeah. you've kind of got to tailor the story around and all the songs and all their meaning around what we're seeing on the screen. Yeah. Which is which actually led them in a couple of times to change some of the lyrics in some of Elton John's songs. Oh, interesting. Just so just so it would actually fit in. I've got some examples later. Oh, okay, cool. Um just to touch on it, and we talked about Remy Malik's shoulders were hurting. Taron Edgerton. I mean, Oof. what a performance. Right. Um because this is the other thing. And I know you've not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but I, I hope that when you do see it, you'll agree that, or even if even without seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, do you not think that Taron Egerton should have got like an Oscar nod for that performance? Well, he won the Golden Globe. This is the thing. Despite receiving nominations for Best Actor at Screen Actors Guild Award and the BAFTAs and winning the Golden Globes, he failed to receive an Academy Academy Award nomination. Yeah, no, which I, is I, mad. No, it was. Uh, uh, absolutely unreal and you only have to watch the movie to work out and then you know i i bring up bohemian rhapsody as a comparison because you could be forgiven for saying oh well the academy might not like you know the kind of like elton john yeah copycat type thing yeah but then you look at rami what rami malik did with bohemian rhapsody and i actually don't think it was as good as oh interesting as taron egerton as Elton John. Like I mean, really, I don't think it was good. I don't think the movies I don't think the movie was as good. So that definitely, right. you know, help, doesn't help yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he really did chew the scenery with yeah. his big massive teeth. But yeah. you know Well well I I've I mean the only big fact I know about the Bohemian Rhapsody is it went through production nightmare for quite a while and it was originally Sash and Baron Cohen that was gonna play him. And yeah. from all accounts I think looked more and would have been more of a could have delivered more of a darker tone to that kind of film. Like I just think that when he was dropped from that, um, Rami Malek very much had to do a large part of lifting and just kind of getting it back to where it should have been. Yeah, you um, mean Dexter Fletcher? Uh, no, no, no. Sasha Baron Cohen when he dropped off and and Rami Malek came in to what? play the part of Freddie Mercury. Oh right, I thought you meant. Sorry, um, it wasn't Sasha Baron Cohen like directing it as no well. no oh he might oh he might have been yeah you might be right actually yeah yeah because i was thinking yeah. about the direction side oh of no well bang on mate yeah well hey there we go yeah um and i think i would have probably preferred to see that version that me version too. of things totally me too, i'm not yeah. saying that bohemian rhapsody, I mean, I've, I've rhapsody it, is a bad <laughs> is a bad movie but i just think it's a bit boring especially um, compared to rocket man well just back to then so taron egerton's third movie featuring elton john as a character or contributor the first movie was sing in 2016 where egerton sang elton john's i'm still standing the second time elton john appearing in egerton's kingsman the golden circle in <laughs> that, this film uh, that, that that's not a good movie <laughs> and in this film egerton <laughs> plays his own version of elton john but it is funny because there is a kind of crossover with Elton John and Edgerton in, in The Kingsman as well. And it's funny no, how it they is, must have known each other well, off it, set. They obviously, as you say, they knew each other from those they'd met through those other movies, as you say. But what I've been really enjoying is, or I enjoyed at the time, the press junkets for Rocketman. And Taron Egerton and yes, you're right. And Elton John. Elton John were doing it together, and yeah. they were basically just saying, like, you know, that they'd basically become best mates. Yeah, and yeah, Taron's, it was lovely to Taron's see. Actually, now got got like, you know, 
unfettered access to Elton John's house. He can just go around whenever he wants and just uh, like hang. Well, out isn't and Elton John? A, isn't that isn't that like a running joke? I think Alan Partridge does that. How Elton John just is just very close friends with everyone, and apparently people just go around to Elton John's house when they're in like some sort of emotional, yeah. financial sort of turmoil. I'm, I'm sure there's like a running joke around this. Yeah, like, maybe. Sure... I mean, that definitely doesn't surprise me. But you know, it's like Elton's everyone... basically yeah. Elton's basically said about Taron on se- several times that he very much views Taron's current stage in his career as the time that when he kind of really blew up, and yeah. he wants to kind of. Help him, take, and, help him yeah, and make sure mentor. that he doesn't, you know, get absorbed lovely. by the well, <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll of it. It you is know, just, you know it's I mean? lovely to, it's lovely to watch as well. And I know what you're talking about, um, but it may, nearly wasn't. In 2012, Elton John revealed that his top choice to play him in the biopic was Justin Timberlake. Um, oh so he was, yeah, so he was handpicked. Um, now, and, I'm uh, a big fan of Justin Timberlake. I'll just put that out there, but. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think it would have been that bad. I mean, think of Social Network, Justin Timberlake. I thought you could have done a pretty good job, and he's obviously got the pipes for it. I, I would have been... Of course I think he's got that the pipes been... for it, but here's the thing. And this is not a slight on Taron Egerton at all, but is he a bit too attractive? Who, Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But also, he's he, American. You know, he, yeah, no, but he's he's boy he's boy band attractive, because I think Taron Egerton's probably a very good-looking man. Ooh, get you. You no, and Taron Edgerton. Ooh, no, let... Alex and Alex and right. Taron Edgerton. I know, I know. But look. In a tree. <laughs> but look. Well, I mean, also, try and tell me Brad Pitt's not a good-looking man as well. I <laughs> I appreciate good-looking <laughs> in all its forms. Well, I know it. I'm looking at it right now over oh, Zoom. Oh, <laughs> get you. Um, it was nearly James McAvoy as well as Daniel Radcliffe. So they were both considered as well. So there was a number Ooh. of different people. Now, Daniel okay. Radcliffe's an interesting one. That would have been interesting. I think that could have been a really nice, different, refining Because style. I still he's, don't he's think... He's a new, oh, yeah, new yeah, yeah. Jew rule. I know, no, no. I think you, you always touched on it there. I, I really think that we've yet to see Daniel Radcliffe's, like career beating performance because yeah. i think he has i think he's an absolutely incredible actor yeah 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 I think because i've seen him in some really interesting stuff the last few years he's been in like a bunch of sm- much smaller movies yeah like uh did you see swiss army man yes i loved swiss army Man, where he played a dead person where with them um, paul yeah. paul uh oh paul dano paul dano is also yeah. one of the best Oh, yeah. I can't wait for him in, as Riddler. Yeah, but, that, uh, but it's a good film. But yeah, Swiss Army Man, and then there was another one that came out. Escape like, from last year. Is it yeah, Escape, Escape from, from Pretoria. Pretoria, that was it. Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed that. Where one. he's like showing some really varied acting chops, and yeah. I really need to see him in another like AAA leading man role because I well, think it's him. be really good. I mean, him and uh, Elijah Wood. I get the t- the two of them are kind of quite in that space, but I think they're both doing quite quirky indie stuff right now. I mean, especially Elijah Wood. Yeah, he's been he's been doing some mad stuff. Alex, as the opening credits uh, start, we get the twinkle of Yellow Brick Road, and Yellow Brick Road. It, it almost accompanies Elton throughout this whole movie. Just that little, um, do, 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 all the way through it. Do, just the do, most. Do, 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 do. So you have to do it if I yeah. start it. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> and I, and I love, and the instrumentation is lovely because we, majority of it is always on piano as Elton John's uh, instrument of choice. But we do yeah. get things like the horn section that appear on screen to really emphasize when he walks through in that devil's costume, which is a great introduction, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 
yeah it's such an introduction it, it really like cements his character without him saying anything that he just he absolutely charges into this and you can tell it's a hospital or some yeah, sort yeah. some sort of very serious facility and he just charges in wearing that kind of feathered devil costume and you go right okay yeah that's how i i thought the young boy was quite jarring as the young reggie I thought young he was Reggie. a bit like, yeah, I thought he was a bit over the top and a bit Hollywood-esque. I was like, Ugh, ah, I quite liked him. He was a bit, he was a bit too, it was a bit Bugsy Malone, wasn't it? The whole thing when he was singing. Yeah, <laughs> but, it but it, again, it was lead, it was leaning into the fact that this isn't a biopic, it's a musical. Sure, yeah. So you've uh, got these big, big cast dance numbers and then the central characters like, running the show and going bananas and doing crazy dance moves and things like that well it was good that if you saw at the end when they recreated some of the old photos with young reggie at the piano and stuff it was quite clever how they did that you know with the wee boy turning around yeah, and smiling exactly, yeah alex i've got a, a trivia question for you this is really going to test you All the right, score okay. that young reggie is studying in bed before beginning uh to imagine conducting the orchestra is the first movement of what <laughs> totally put you on the spot there there's no I, I i would be so impressed if you got that one but uh i i can say it i'm gonna wait wait wait. i'm just go gonna, on right <laughs> i'm just i'm just gonna shot in the dark rack man enough piano concerto oh you're so close it's tchaikovsky's first piano oh concerto. i was that was gonna be my second choice I was yeah you were so close first. you Damn. were so close no i'll give uh, do you know what i'll give you a half a point for oh, that thanks one because it's very thanks close for that. i got piano piano concerto and i got russian Fine. well there is something that you will recognize and it's a bloody building that appears alex oh, before that go before for, that, oh, go on mate before that um well links into your next point i can tell where you're going with this but his like dream sequence when he's studying that piano concerto in, yeah, in bed yeah, yeah. and he starts conducting with his flashlight. Yeah. And there's a bunch of string players. Do you know any of those? Yeah, I know like all of them. <laughs> Do you really? Do you know yeah. all those string players? Yeah, well, there was, a, there was an extras casting call for that that when uh, they filmed that, the I think the month before I arrived at Academy. So, oh, that, cool. so I think they would have, they, they filmed that in Academy and they used Royal Academy students. Amazing. Um, so that would have been July or August 2018. Oh, you missed out, mate. You so yeah, I really there. missed. I really missed out. People were talking about it. They're like, oh yeah, you know, they were filming Rocket Man mm. here and there, and do that, and you know, people got to play and stuff like that. I was like, God damn it! Do you want to do you want to talk to us then a little bit about? Royal Academy and, and and just a very quick a very quick two minutes on well, it. Well, I mean, first the star for you, one of the largest patrons of the Royal Academy of Music now is Sir Elton John. Really, he is one of the biggest donors to the school. He and it's very very interesting because he he credits the Royal Academy with so much of his like musical education, but also he does talk about how it is quite it was quite stifling to him as a creator because he because he ended up going going to rock and roll and going into that side of music and things which is not especially back then especially in the early 70s or what late 60s early 70s yeah, yeah. um it, it definitely would have been a lot stuffier than it is now and it would have been you know classical music training and that is it well i just i loved it when he when he walks in and he 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 absolutely he uh his his instructor 
he manages to <laughs> Professor McGonagall. <laughs> Professor McGonagall. He goes when when yeah, right. He says when when he says when she says so you've got a good memory and a good ear. But it's but she's not that impressed. I'm like, holy shit! That yeah, was yeah, fucking yeah. Amazing. That's that, that's absolutely <laughs> nonsense. That's absolute <laughs> that's nonsense. Like, that, that is that is witchcraft. Yeah. What he just so did. You couldn't do that. No. <laughs> He's like, I'm not that. That don't impress me much. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's like, that, again. This is one of the facts that, that are like one of those kind of hyperbolic, played for drama kind of facts. Because yeah. you know, as I said up top. Elton, Cho- Elton John is a genius musician. Yeah. Like, he really, really is. And he's a shit-hot piano player. I don't know if he can do that. No, no. Elton, <laughs> if you're listening, prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know, I, I like... There's a song that plays throughout this film a couple of times, and even uh, Elton and Bernie, Bernie Taupin sing it together. And that is The Unfortunate Lad. The Unfortunate Lad is a song that I talk about in our first ever episode of this podcast. Was because it? it features heavily in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh for it goodness. is an old Irish folk song. And it features quite a lot in this movie. So he plays it on the piano and they sing it together. Which And I was like, oh, I know this song. This I didn't is great. even notice that. Yeah, exactly. So, there, so have a listen back and you'll, you'll hear it quite quite a lot. Um, and 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 especially, I'm, I was so happy when they transitioned at Saturday nights, all right to fight. Because again, like I said it before, it was getting a little Bugsy Maloneish when he started singing it as the wee boy. And I'm happy that when they kicked through the fence, it was Taron Egerton. It was Taron Egerton. I think absolutely bossed that. Like, because one of the one of the things that El- Elton talked about, the real Elton, and about the production of this movie, was that Taron had like a really lovely, sweet voice for the things like your song. Uh-huh. But actually, it requires very different levels of like energy and you know vocal range yeah. to move from something like your song to Saturday Night's All Right, like that yeah. kind of like Crocodile really kind of screaming, something. yeah. Um, and and to get that because he always has a bit of a wobble in his voice. He's got a really like healthy vibrato, does Elton John, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, um, well, t- and, and to like, keep that. And yeah, he's, but to keep that, but then the but to keep that, and then have the rock and roll kind of gravel at the same time, yeah, is yeah. something that's incredibly unique to Elton John's sound, which I imagine would have taken quite a lot of like coaching to get right for Taron, but it did an incredible job. And I do, and as you say, I do love the fact that it is Taron that is singing all of these parts, like that's Taron's voice. I had two back-to-back criticisms um, at this little bit here. One of them was on the, the screenwriting and one one of it was in the instrumentation. In Saturday Night's All Right to Fight, there's a section where there's like a drum breakdown. And I thought, shite. I thought it was absolutely, <laughs> like genuinely, it's like, what, what is that? What was that? No, no, Callum, t- t- tell us what you really think. <laughs> no, it was just like, it was just like, they were all dancing around in Saturday. And I love this song. It's a great song. Saturday. And then, and then it just kind of goes, do, 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 do. And I'm like, Nah, get a bit out. Get that bit out. Yeah, keep going because it's all, it's it's because that's for the choreography, right? It's it's, oh, it's yeah, emphasizing yeah. the choreography. It's oh, not, yeah, it's, it's not you for know, the song. It's it's, a, it's, a, it's more than a nod and a wink to you know hammy stage musicals where you have to chorus, have a chorus yeah. line. <laughs> um, the other criticism is when he's when he's deciding he wants to change his name. One of the phrases that's told him is "kill the person you want to be in order to be the person no, no, no. you want to be." No, no, no. That's what's said. No, no, no. The, the, what is said? I remember the bit. You, you, you it made no it wrong. sense. No. Kill the person you were born to be 
born to be yeah. born to be in order to become the person you want to be but and that does make sense that, no it doesn't because if you were if you want to be something in theory you were always gonna be that person if you were born to be uh, it, that you were very be much it. depends on your relationship with the concept of fate that, <laughs> that is getting very existential no 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 because if you think about the people that, that are having this conversation so reggie dwight you know, he's saying he's, you know, he's white, he's English, he's got yeah. a shit name and all and all that. He just feels like he can't get to that. And then I can't remember what the name of the character he's talking to, but he's like, you know, a thin black man from Detroit. You know, they, they very much come from backgrounds where, you know, working yeah, class yeah. backgrounds yeah. where your path is set out for you. Yeah. And yeah, that you can't true. break away. You can't break away from that unless you literally kill that person yeah. that's on that path and just choose to be someone else. I'm so, just a f I'm just an avid fan of determinism and should be appeared in everything that I see. <laughs> but no, I know exactly what you mean. You're, you're, you're bang on. Now we get a small taste of candle in the wind in the promoter's office as he introduces um, himself when he, when he, when he's there. But here's something interesting. In the film, it's implied that he picks up the surname John after the Beatles, John Harrison. Yeah, I think that's nonsense. So I've, I did a bit of a deep dive on it. So oh, was it Harrison film, or Lennon? Uh, sorry, John Lennon. Sorry, yeah. what did I say? George Harrison. George Harrison. I mean, John Lennon. Oh, getting them all mixed up, eh? Um, in the film, Elton mentions that his full name is Elton Hercules John. Yeah. The film makes out that Elton John chose John as a surname whilst looking at the picture of John Lennon. But in reality, he chose John because he was a fan of singer Long John Baldry. The Hercules part of the name came later when he decided upon it whilst watching the British TV series Steptoe and Son, where the name of the Steptoe's horse was Hercules. So Amazing. that's actually where the names came from. So it's Amazing. just yeah. In early scene, the music producer tells Elton he's going to shoot the next piano player who plays Streets of Laredo. Is it Laredo? Laredo. Laredo. This is a potential a nod to Elton John's album "Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I think that's nice. quite, a, quite an interesting uh, little reference." Yeah, that's um, cool. And then they sing "Unfortunate Lad" again when he meets Bernie Taupin. Now, do you want to talk about Bernie Taupin a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I love um, the running joke that is a real life running joke that in 50 years or however long they've been together, they've never had an argument. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's utter shit. Yeah, yeah, like, of course it is. Of course it's utter shit, but real Elton will go to the grave saying that he has never had an argument with Bernie Taupin. And I think that's really funny. <laughs> but it's quite a strong psychological position to put yourself in, isn't it? Because he he probably genuinely believes himself when he says that. Probably. Which is, yeah, which is, yeah, you're so is, right, actually. Which yeah. is quite which is quite a nice state of mind to actually hold yourself in. Um, Jamie Bell played the lead role in Billy Elliot. Elton John was a key figure in helping develop the stage musical based on the film. So it's uh, yeah, it's nice, and I, and I really like that when they play Border Song. Um, because the lyrics are saying, you know, he's my brother. That's that's the lyrics of that yeah. song, um, which is which is a really nice nod and a wink to the. No, they to do have a really well fleshed out bromance, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Like it's really, really. It's convincing. a re like, it's oh, really well are, done. These are two men that platonically love each other. Yeah, like, they it's, they it's do really they, really it, well well represented in film completely agree mate and they they do it so quickly and i think that's down to i mean dare I say it's down to the charisma of both taron egerton and um 
Jamie Bell. And Jamie Bell. Sorry, I just named just I was about to say uh. and Billy Elliot. And and Jamie Bell. They they are just so great together. And I and I was gutted because one of my most favourite Elton John songs, we only hear a little bit of it. And there's there's quite a, obviously we hear a lot, but there's some songs we only hear a little like taster of. Yeah. And there's a song called I Guess That's Why They Call It the Blues. Oh, I love that and song. And it's it's such a wonderful song. Yeah. Um, and they only play the, the intro for it. And I was like, no, keep playing. And I wanted to hear more. I was but going that through was my head. Were... I was thinking, what's, what, what song's his favorite Elton John song that we only heard a little bit of it? And at first, I went uh, I went for Can You Feel the Love Tonight? But we don't get any of that in this movie. Well, I, really I did. really love that, that well, song as well. I, it's a really good point you make is that now and again, I I think that, I think that there's, I th- I've made it, oh, is it Can You Feel Love Tonight? Or there's another one where I'm like, oh, we, we didn't hear any more of any other sort of the Lion King-esque soundtrack or any of that back catalogue. And I guess they, they deliberately didn't want to put any of that in yeah. there because it has a different purpose. Um, but yeah, the for your song, I, I kind of knew your song was coming. Well, I mean, I, I had get, to. It's, uh-huh, it's his and, biggest and, song. Like, it just is. And I, and I just, I guess like it's to the point that you made earlier with being, it, it kind of, it was like watching the other song, the film that we've not talked about, which is kind of similar to this is Yesterday. Have you seen Yesterday? Which is the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles one. I have seen that one. That one's yeah. weird. I kind of like really it. I really liked it. I kind of like it, yeah. We could probably do Bohemian Rhapsody then Yesterday, mate, on this, on this point. But Ooh. the interesting thing about um, this is it kind of made me, the, the pessimist in me was like, I'm just waiting for the next Elton John song, really. But I guess that's kind of what these homage musicals do. Well, you have to just look past that, I guess. Yeah, except from the fact that you don't know which one's coming up next. You know, as I said earlier, the songs are not, you know, linked to, apart from your song, because it was a very famous story and it was a true story, how it was depicted on screen. Like they wrote it sitting in his mum in his mum's kitchen yeah, while they were yeah. both um, staying there. And that was a really that, that was a really lovely scene to put in. So, but but I think that's really the only kind of biographical genesis of a song that we have in this movie. I genuinely think every other performance of a song, okay, Rocket Man, uh, not Rocket, not Rocket Man, Crocodile Rock is the other exception because obviously that was intrinsically linked to the biographical the time of his first Troubadour gig. So that was the uh, that was that was the other exception. But every other song is basically just there to facilitate something that's happening in his life. One yeah. of my one of my favorite examples was um Honky Cat. You know, oh, you know yeah. that Honky you know that Cat. weird when kind of with with John Reed. Yeah, the where two of them. there's that weird sort of almost singing in the rain like Broadway yeah. ballet kind of sequence where they're clearly on a sound stage and and going through this montage of him buying loads of expensive shit yeah, and, and living really his good. biggest life and having that song complement that and narrate that is really really effective and again it's got nothing to do with the recording or the writing of that particular song it's just a song that sells the part in the the part in his life that the movie is trying to tell. I I think I think Honky Cat in the film. I prefer it in this to the actual song Honky Cat. Yeah, I think that's it, interesting, I think isn't it? I think it's better as a duet with the two of them, as you've just described. Also, Richard just, Madden's got a cracking voice. Well, I didn't know if he did or didn't. I was like, does he have a good voice or not? And I had I come he on does. the side of it. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So just back to your song before we go back to the troubadour. In the scenes where Elton is recording your song, the producer sitting in the control room with Bernie is Giles Martin. 
who was the producer of the soundtrack. Now, Martin is the son of legendary producer George Martin, who perhaps is best known for his work with the Beatles, who produced Elton John's 1997 version of Candle in the Wind. Okay. So it's a really interesting, and, and we, I guess we haven't talked a huge amount um, about Giles Martin. Um, if who, anything. I, yeah, exactly. And the other one as well is Matthew uh, Margerson, or Magerson, who was the, the, worked very closely in the, 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 with the composers in the sound department for uh, Rocket Man. Um, yeah, hugely, hugely talented for for a large part of his soundtrack molding. He's done, you know, the Sherlock Holmes, the the Robert Downey Juniors, um, Kick Ass. He did Pan. He did a lot of the work on the Kingsman. So it's very, very kind of like plugged into this kind of style of film yeah, and sure, this kind sure. of style, which I thought was interesting. Now, let's go back to the Troubadour. The exterior footage, and I was like, how did they get that so accurate? But it's actually because it is it is nineteen uh, seventies LA stock footage on a 35 mil that was digitally All right. cleaned up excellent yeah, and i was i was looking at it and i was like that is that is pretty good if they when you were talking about bohemian rhapsodies was able to recreate things yeah i was like Sh- did they recreate the the 70s like very iconic troubadour yeah it, well it, i mean i suppose it would have been easy easy enough to recreate the set like well, the, it, the, the 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 interior yeah, the interior, sure, but it says it would have been far too impractical and expensive to redecorate parts of Santa Monica Boulevard in the 1970s <laughs> yeah, style definitely. just for a few seconds. Definitely. Oh, um, get God, could you imagine? Can you imagine being in the Troubadour that night when Elton played Crocodile Rock? It was just like, and I, I just loved the bit that they recreated that famous photo of Elton John doing the la 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 la, you know, with his legs up yeah, in the air. I absolutely and they slowed it down. The first time, perfect. the first time I saw this movie, because full transparency, this was like my fourth or fifth viewing. Really, I, I cool. really love Rocket Man. It's, it's so good. But the first time I saw this particular sequence when everyone started floating and doing the kind of angelic la la yeah. la la la, yeah. I was just like, I was mesmerized. I was like, oh my God, they're just going full ridiculous with this movie and I bloody love it. I I, I, I absolutely love it. It's really, really great. And that 70s party. Oh, that looked so awesome. I'd love to have been like, don't you just watch stuff like this and you're like, oh, how great would it have been to have been there? You know, and he's he's singing Tiny Dancers. He's watching his, his, you know, his best mate dancing with this girl. I just thought that was a really beautiful sequence yeah um yeah no really really lovely and another really really great example of a song that has nothing to do with the time period that's happening and it's just it's just the perfect narration for how elton is feeling in that moment using one of his own songs yeah and i just think that's brilliant and it's what the movie continuously does so well when elton calls his mum to tell her he is gay she and Fred are actually watching Liberace on television. So Liberace was a flamboyant piano player yep. whose homosexuality was widely suspected but never publicly acknowledged during his lifetime. What, Liberace? Yeah. My, my goodness. I mean, like that sequence when she says, well, you'll never actually be loved. God, I mean, that that one sentence, that starts oh, the downward spiral. Honestly, I mean, they're, 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 it's interesting. It's undeniable, both horrendous parents. Yes, yeah. Both yeah. horrendous parents. I personally think the mum's worse. In some ways, because at least the dad kind of detaches himself. But the mum, you're right, you're right. There is that. It's no, I, I mean, like... I think they're both awful. But I, although I have heard, to, to, to be fair, I don't want... When this movie came out, I think El- Elton John did say very publicly that, you know, it's it, her, his mum's 
character is played brilliantly by Bryce Dallas Howard, and that's very much the relationship that that was prevalent in that part of his life. But he's since mended a lot of bridges mm. with his mum and okay. ended up with quite a good relationship. So you don't want to, so you don't want to really bash her too much. Yeah, but fair enough. Yeah. In the context of this movie, I think she's absolutely horrific horrific to yeah him. like like really the the i mean the the changing of the lyrics um oh hang on just before i get to the changing of the lyrics because i do have the one piece and it is on rocket man the, the other sequence you talked about tiny dancer it didn't need to be in there but it was just nice inclusion was pinball wizard yeah because i liked it because it was showing through all of his iconic costumes you know the ones with the feathers oh, and yeah, all this sort of great. stuff i thought that was great um i like that sequence yeah and i really enjoyed to fast forward to the end credits where you saw specific specifically a lot of those costumes the real photographs yeah and you kind of have to go mad props to the costume designers totally uh, totally which by the way was another oscar snub Oh, did they not get any? They didn't get. They didn't get a look in the cost best costume design. Can you My imagine? Good. Jesus! Can you imagine not getting an Oscar nod for the production design of this movie? Insane. Now the the best sequence in the film is Rocket Man. That that whole sequence when he bats the ball into the stadium. That the lead up to the sequence was brilliant. You know when he essentially overdoses. Yeah. Um, which which Man's... which is a which is kind of an exaggerated true story is is what i've, I've heard got, i've got the true story here oh you've yeah, got the true story yeah, okay yeah, you man. do it then. just just before so we talked about the lyrics um during the rock man the sequence the lyrics are changed from i miss my wife to i miss my life which is which which really hammers the the suicide attempt home which is really what we're talking about so yeah. i mean elton john's suicide attempt is portrayed as the inspiration for the song rocket man but it was actually inspired by uh, Ray, uh, Ray Bradbury's short story titled The Rocket Man, um, an earlier suicide attempt in which Elton stuck his head in an oven but was reduced, uh, but was rescued by Long John Baldry, inspired the song Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Another, so actually, another really great song. Yeah. That's not so in this movie. No, it's oh, not. you would have thought that that song yeah. would be in this movie. That's yeah. really interesting that it it's not. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, but but that's that's the true facts on, on that sequence, is that he stuck his head in it. Jesus. Um, well, I had another sort of... Uh, understand. Uh, true story. Mm. True story element to this thing. It's, it, and it's more to do with the fact that it, it was more of a true story as a snapshot of that period of his life when because mm. in this in this sequence in the movie we're going from scene to scene and rocket man the sequence of rocket man is him like overdosing and then actually not being taken to hospital like being treated yeah in a in an ambulance on the way to a gig now, yeah although that almost definitely didn't happen Elton, real real Elton has recounted times when he was like dangerously like overdosing the night before yeah. a concert and like days bleeding together and not knowing where he was. Jesus. And you know, and it's, you're just like, oh my God, that's it, it sounds horrific, doesn't yeah. it? Like, I can't yeah. imagine living that way. Yeah. But, but the, 
some of the other stuff. I mean, I, I, I thought the Bernie and the Jet sequence really showed him at his lowest point. I think specifically. You know, That's interesting. You said Bernie because I think it's actually Benny and the Jets. Oh, is it? I've got Bernie and the Jets. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so Benny, um, and yeah, and I, I totally forgot he was married to Renee for so long. Or Renette, I think it's her name, Renee, Renette. Yeah. Um, but the, and uh, the sun, the the sun going down on me was such a unique sequence, but such a kind of false horizon for him. Yeah. Um. You know, you thought he was all good and he was safe, but he just really wasn't. Um, and I mean, like, I, I guess I'm kind of coming to the end of my notes. Um, specifically, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the sequence where he he wears the bedazzled ruby red boots, which was sort of, a, you know, an, an allusion almost to the, the red ruby slippers in Wizard of Oz. Yeah. But that Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, it was never a song that I... I never, I never really loved that song, but the way that they put it into this movie, oh, again, it gave like, it a new lease of life. Yeah, it did in yeah, the same definitely. way that Honky Cat did. I think, I think, Goodbye the Yellow Brick Road, Goodbye the Yellow Brick Road, and Honky Cat. I preferred them in this than I actually preferred the songs. It's interesting. They just gave it a much more impactful purpose totally. than the, than the songs by themselves, mm. which is really quite cool actually just to yeah. have that fresh lease of life now you know obviously with music and songs and things you find you find your own meaning in those yeah. songs by themselves but to have them presented in like a visual audio format yeah as well is yeah it's really nice to have and I, and back to the point you make and i found the note that i said i I would have thought when he saw all of his family and his friends at the end, you know, when he had that sequence when they were all around the room, I thought for a second we were going to get Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Oh, God. <laughs> um, which would have been I think that would have been too much. Yeah. Just, ima I'd... just imagining that, I might have gone, ooh. ooh. Yeah. But, but, but to be fair, I mean, like the last song, I'm Still Standing, I thought that was a little on the nose. Um, you know, but actually, well... I'm still... The, the music video it actually takes most of its footage from the original music video yeah um, i know i really i real really really like that yeah i think you're not wrong with that like towing the line of too much but i think that it went the right direction because it's an upbeat song totally, and again, it's totally, an upbeat yeah. celebratory song and it celebrates the the biggest and best parts of elton's personality yeah, which is yeah, his, yeah you know his fashion and his showmanship and mm. and and all of that and actually really presenting his uh res like flamboyant res nature, his resilience really, yeah. his resilience his yeah. resilience in that really resilience upbeat rock and roll song i think if it was a sentimental song it would have been too much but they kind of but the, the first verse they slow it right down and they do it in single piano chords and it and he just kind of sings after each chord is played and they because it you know, if you'll know the song, it's a very like do 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 But in this, it's do 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 do. And and I don't know, like I'm not doing it justice, of course. No, You know the point I'm making. Like they do slow to make it sentimental. Yes, you're right. However, I think it's always really signposted that it was going to get. It was always going to get more upbeat. Sure, sure. I don't think we were listening to that sentimental opening going, oh, they're doing a slow version of that song. I think they're starting they're, they're starting yeah. slow and they're going to go into a number because frankly, we've seen the whole of the movie prior. So we know yeah. that that's what they're going to do because they've got a, the spectacle of this movie. And make no mistake, this movie is an absolute spectacle. Sure, sure. They were always, it was always going to end with a bang and not with a, 
you know, fade to black. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, I've got one more question to ask you then, Alex, and that's how many thumbs up are you Two. giving? Two. Two thumbs up. Easy. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward? Yeah, let's move it. Uh, okay, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Ooh. You've got a few things. We've both got a quite, it's quite a lot to cover. We there is quite a lot. Said some stuff I'm going to go first. I'm going to go, go first. Me. And I'm going to wish all of, our, all of our listeners a very belated May the 4th be with you. Yes, may it be with you. <laughs> we weren't allowed to do with, Phantom Menace and with because you. it was too late. And with you. And with, and you. with you, Father. And, and with you. you. And with you. Sorry, it's a little Catholic joke there. <laughs> may God uh, rest your soul. I can't put that in. <laughs> Definitely can't put that in. Uh, I'm gonna do it. Oh, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> Just so you know, we're, pro- we're probably gonna have an argument about this, but afterwards in the post editing. Oh, we've never had an argument, in. mate. We've, never, we've never had an argument. We've never had an argument. We've, ne- we've never had an argument in twenty years. 20 we've years. never had an argument in tw- twenty-one years. Twenty-one. Twenty-one yeah. years. Jesus. Happy birthday. Oh God. But anyway, we've got we got new Star Wars content. Mm. In case you were missing it, because obviously the last Star Wars content we had was Mandalorian, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So now we have. And was the, it bad? Was it bad? Well, <laughs> there was the word "bad" in the title. <laughs> it was the Bad Batch, ladies and gentlemen. It was the continuation of the kind of Clone Wars animated sort of series of things that mm. that Disney and Star Wars have. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, really like this. And it opened with the first episode, which was an hour and a half long. Really? It was an, wow. it was an hour That's and a half old? animated special. And frankly, to have one continuous narrative in animated format for an hour and a half is something you don't really get that often. No, you and do I, not. I really liked it because you got quite a bit more meat on it. Because animation episodes of animations are usually very self-contained because traditionally they're aimed towards kids that you know they watch it on a saturday morning and frankly you might not watch it every single week week, you need to be able to watch them non-linearly right but i feel like the bad batch and all this kind of like what i'd like to call the extracurricular universe stuff you know we, we we've had our first entries in that in with marvel in one division and falcon and winter soldier obviously they're live action but i think that the function that they have in the franchises is exactly the same as this extracurricular stuff for the fans who just want more of that mm. do you want to give a, a quick sort of 30 second spoiler free review of it maybe? yeah so the bad batch is about a squad of different clones at the end of the clone wars and when i say different is they both they, they all have exactly they, they all have mutated genes to make them uh better and more enhanced Bad. in certain areas like one of them's a sniper one of them's a brawler one of them's a hunter slash he's rambo he's got he's got he's nice. got a bandana he, he's, he's rambo oh no okay, not bandana, one of the martial arts expert 
Um, no, there's a tech guy. There's a tech it's guy. One of them, a sniper. Okay. There's a the tech guy. Disguise. No, no, the main four. There was a tech guy, a sniper, a brawler, and a hunter. So you're it, describing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. Now there's a fifth one who was an original character in the Clone Wars, Cody. and obviously this this was that. Is it Cody or Rex? No, it, neither. Echo. Echo, got it. Because there's a lot of clones. <laughs> <laughs> nice. some would say millions but what what i find very very interesting is that they didn't make the clone wars essential viewing for this show mm. oh really? i was able to watch the first Ooh. two episodes and go oh okay i recognize them and recognize them and recognize them however if i didn't know any of any of the previous literature and stuff it actually wouldn't matter they're telling stories about fresh characters and i would go so far to say even though i know you haven't watched the clone wars i would actually recommend watching this one because well, you're getting on on the ground you're getting on the ground floor and i mm. think that the things that you'd miss you wouldn't really care about i mean i did try the clone wars i just found it quite it's a lot of content it's a it, lot of content and I, and I and i have tried it was it was it it was it, it wasn't enough and i felt i was kind of pushing myself i think yeah. i would i think if i had it i just don't have any bloody free time it's the sort of thing that you just i i remember having on quite a lot over christmas yeah because i was just you know ch- chilling around my flat yeah. and i would just stick it on for the afternoon yeah um, but you know what disney know this disney know this disney know the point of view that you just said Mm. And so what's very interesting is, is they have these curated collections on Disney yeah. Plus, which I think personally is absolute genius because yeah. obviously the biggest one is Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano being a very a main character in The Clone Wars. And obviously she's going to be more important for the franchise heading on because we saw her in The yeah. Mandalorian. We've seen yep. her in Rebels she's getting as her well. Own series. She's getting her own series. Yeah. All, all Ahsoka all the time. So what one of the collections that they have on Disney Plus is an Ahsoka Tano collection where you basically get all the episodes that have important Ahsoka Tano story arcs. Oh, and I cool. think that that's kind of the way to do it, really. I Well, yeah, I know. But I, as someone who's never, I would rather, I don't know, I'm a bit of a completionist. I don't actually, I wouldn't yeah. do that. I wouldn't no, choose yeah. to do that. But then that, I, but then that's your choice, right? So it's you, like it's like when I get a new when I listen to a new album, like oh hey, that's another piece I'm moving forward. I got so much stuff to talk about. Um, but when I listen to a new album, I I like to listen to the whole thing from start to finish. Yeah, me I, too. Because that's what they want you to do. Yeah. Um, before we, in fact, as an interject, because I don't have that in my notes, but I guarantee that I'm gonna. I, I did want to. I'll forget it if I don't talk about it now. Um, moving away from star wars news can i talk about something that's absolutely amazing that i think everyone would love and that is weezer have released their new album it dropped just last week Ooh. and a couple of the songs have been trickling through now we obviously had some amazing albums in the past weezer cannot do wrong they cannot do wrong no now ever since ever since their smash hit teenage dirtbag ever since there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a little in joke uh, for well, you to see, yeah, there we go there this new album is titled Van Weezer. Now, you'll wonder, why is it called Van Weezer? Well, this is a homage to 80s Van Halen-style guitar. Oh, 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 oh we, that's there tantalizing some, There is some amazing songs in this. There are songs that have some... Uh, par- some real guitar licks from Metallica songs, from Van uh, from Van Halen guitar licks. You've got some such interesting, like it, it. 
it's that's such really interesting a because I've never album. I've never associated Weezer with being that style of guitar. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's, it's always been quite yeah, uh, yeah. crunchy and crunchy and chordy, kind of every manish. Whereas the, the, the Van thing... Halen is um, is all fireworks and yeah, uh, very much the rock metal virtuoso guitar player well, even even the album is a gif of like lightning striking and stuff it's oh, so really? yeah yeah it's the Brilliant. first gif al- it's a gif album on apple music Amazing. which i thought was genius oh, no, did, did weezer not uh release this album as an nft i don't know what that did you read means. about this uh nft i can't remember what it stands for but it's 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 this new trend in you know digital property you know like in the same vein as like bitcoin so i know it's really very interesting basically what an nft is somebody tell me what the acronym is because i can't remember what it stands for but basically what an nft is an artist makes a digital image right and you can sell that as a product as it's a non-fungible token. Yeah, exactly. So uh, an, an artist makes a digital piece of art, for example, right? And then they can sell that as the one and only true NFT of that image. It's really very, very complicated because you then own the original... Holy shit. I'm just reading into this. I've never it's heard It's crazy. This it's really, really crazy because, because the, the argument is... Well, this is nonsense because anyone can just screenshot this and then you're like, well, yeah, but then that's that's like the difference of owning a fake Picasso or a real Picasso. Uh, it's not the real so it's thing. Like, it's like Pokemon cards and things like this. I'm looking at some images yeah. here. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Do some Googling into it. It's really, I mean, I, I think it's, personally, I think it's kind of nonsense. Yeah, the Nyan Cat, that was an NFT. But I believe Weezer, I believe Weezer, because I did hear that there was an album coming out I I do believe that they've released some digital versions of their album as NFTs. Oh, that's so. I mean, like, if anyone's gonna do it, Weezer. The the best thing Weezer is like, Weezer is like, you know that dad who's just he's he hasn't grown up with the internet, but he's managed to embrace it so effectively, and the way that they're so clever with how they 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 keep up to speed like their social media presence and everything is incredible yeah um there's such an amazing i mean like even some of the the songs on this there's a song track nine called she needs me um and it's just a wonderful song about just like their target weezer's target audience is, is people like me yeah and, and people like you you know just like just everyday guys who, who have a who are who like music i i think weezer fans are all intrinsically musicians i i've i've had a think about right. it as well i i've i've got a feeling that you really a lot of music i know that sounds really maybe quite high high and snobby but i do think there's something weird where you know how there's some artists and stuff where you don't need to have an appreciation for music to really enjoy or understand or relate to it. Yeah. I've often found Weezer is someone that people who don't like Weezer, I'd say something like, just out of interest, do you play an instrument? Do you have anything? And they, you know, typically say, nah, I'm not really into that sort of stuff. And I go, that's interesting. Yeah. Because there's something just like, it's like, it's like, I think it's I like know a back scratcher. They just, yeah. they scratch that perfect I think part. I know what you mean. And I do agree with you. It's very hard to make that argument without, <laughs> without going down the lines of, do you like Weezer? No. Oh, okay. You just don't get it. <laughs> no, I know. It, yeah. But that's the thing. There's like, there's something about them. Anyway, there's some of the track. I mean, like, 
their songs this is another thing right do you know how often they do songs about like the x-men and songs about like marvel and, and comic books and stuff they do so much there's a song in this called hero and they talk about how you know and like in my in my garage is all about you know going anyway I, it, it just really speaks to, i just love it i love yeah. it mate anyway you were talking about animations before because I, I know that you and I have been talking about some. Uh, a, well, there's a, another one. It. Yeah, go for there's it. There's one mate. on Amazon mm. called Invincible. Did we talk about this the other week? I don't. Th- I don't think we did. Okay. Or if we did, it would have been you, and I might have switched off and stopped listening. Oh, cool. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm big enough to admit that. But I heard about Invincible because. Uh, actually this week's episode of uh, the weekly planet podcast yeah, that yeah, we both listening to yeah. they did it they did a thing about it and i was like oh this sounds quite interesting i'll um add a big break in my teaching in my teaching day the other day so i stuck on the first episode and i went holy shit it's awesome isn't it it's I, I, awesome we did we did talk about this because i think i read the cast list to you um yeah the cast list is nutty i'm sure everyone did, yeah. is in this yeah everyone is in this like so you don't you even know have you watched it all yet no i've seen the first it's either two and a half or three episodes cool well i, I can't I've remember s- if i stopped in the middle of one i've seen about i think the first four or five um what do you think so far mate i mean really really interesting yeah i think i love the art style it's amazing isn't it i love the art style and i particularly like when the art style shifts into more mature territory. Yeah. Shall we yeah. say that without spoiling anything too yeah, much? Because I think sure. it's a bit of a Yeah. Um if if you if you think you should watch this with kids, don't. Don't it's, no, it's not for don't, kids. Don't. No. Don't. It's not for kids. The art style is very much is I think it's the same art style as like Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra type thing. Mm, um, yes. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are lots and lots of other examples as well. Uh maybe Pokemon. Well, it does take no, it does take a lot of its really. it does take a lot of its its cues from that sort of anime style of art, which is yeah, which is yeah, great. yeah. But it's, it's like Ameri- it's yeah, American, yeah, it's kind of two dimensional, yeah. So American just, anime, American yeah. anime is the what yeah. I would describe this. Um, yeah, yeah, and, I'd say that's a pretty good description. But no, it's really, really great. And again, I think the the cast are really selling it. There's something really great about having, uh you know a, a silly superhero animation but sold to the to the nines mm. by a-list cast yeah like, yeah it's i'm gonna say a-list cast like proper okay main character main characters you've got jk simmons jk simmons is amazing in it yeah jk simmons sandra so oh sandra oh absolutely you've even got the likes of uh zachary quinto playing yeah. robot he's awesome yeah and i had to, I had to look that up because i was like who's that who's that um mark manzukic who's the who's that who's the guy that plays the douchebag team I can't guy remember. i can't remember i can't remember i know, I know he's in he's in uh he's in the good place and he's he's really really funny zazie beats oh she makes me oh she does something oh yeah we've talked about she does something zazie to Gallup. <laughs> but it's a great it's such a great show um, i know it, it's so good and it's really interesting because this was a comic book first right uh, yes, it was. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. this is a comic book first. Did they lo- horse, do all the characters look how they do in the comic book? Because honestly, I swear to God, they're drawn like the actors. So they, so they are. I mean, I don't have the facts in front of me, but I believe so. 
Um, and, in and which they, case, they, in which case, it's perfect casting. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really great. It's really, and when really I say great. they look like the characters, J.K. Simmons's character has a mustache, <laughs> and that's about the extent of it. <laughs> well, I think I think there's there is talks of potentially doing a live action of this. Um, oh my days! The, the other one, the other one that's pretty good is Wall, Wally Goggs as uh, oh, Cecil. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that's bang on, and he's yeah. so good at that as well. Yeah, got Wally. It's the kind of cast that is constantly going to entertain me because I'm constantly going to forget who's in it right and i'll rediscuss and i'll and i'll re-remember like what literally what you said i've just remembered another one clancy brown yes yeah, clancy yeah, brown is the, the demon detective, detective and he properly yeah. looks like clancy brown yeah, as well he does doesn't he <laughs> brilliant <laughs> alex we have some trailers coming up here i've got two Ooh. trailers that i want to talk about the first is a trailer for a movie that has been long delayed due to COVID-19, but of course it is now coming to the cinemas on the 28th of May, and that is A Quiet Place 2. Oh. Now, have you seen the final, it's coined the final trailer. Um, I hate it when trailers do that, and they're like, this is the final one. It's like, ugh, yeah. stop doing that shit. Can I, but, can I hold my hands up to something here? Yeah. I don't really care about you this. You don't, did you see the first one? Nope. Oh, mate, I think you would quite enjoy it. I think if you get it right and you go to the right cinema viewing for this, it's a really fun and cool experience. Right, okay. It's, it, that's the thing that only makes me a little concerned about these movies. So that, just for, for context, obviously a large part of this movie is relying on total silence to really build yeah. the tension. Um, yeah. You know, a post-apocalyptic world, creatures that are attracted to sound, etc. Um, the thing that I have about this movie is... If I go to the cinema and someone ruffles a bag to me, I mean, this is to the extreme of our points that we always make about having to watch a movie in that environment with other people. Yeah. All it's going to take is a couple of phones lighting up or, you know, someone ruffling a bag too much or, or you know, when, you know, when they try and be discreet, I mean, I'm worth this. They try and be discreet and they open it slowly and it's like, just fucking open, just open it once yeah. and that's it done. It's yeah. shit like that. Or someone talking at the back. Um, that's that's what this movie has to contend against. Yeah, it's that kind of just just general general ignorance of the <laughs> fans, general yeah. sluttery, Idi- <laughs> general idiot idiots in the cinema. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, mate. If you've not seen this, no, I've you, not. Why don't you Why don't you come round one night and sit nice and close to me and we nah, can, we never can gonna happen. No, nope. you couldn't pay me enough. Why don't you, we do that? No, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it just won't happen. It just won't happen. But that's what this movie is for. This this movie, they finish the movie and Emily Blunt looks at the camera and goes, Callum, you've got to take Alex to this. That's what happens in the trailer. You need to watch it with me. You can't, right, we have okay, to. Fair, no, no, we do, fair. we do. Because what happens, you need to sit down and I need to sit next to you and I have to have my hand and it'll, I'll rest my hand on your knee just right. in case, just in case you get yeah. a bit, because I know you're, you're a bit scared. Yeah, yeah. But, but when there's a bit that builds up in tension, I'll just give you a wee, a quick squeeze, just right. to te- just so that you've te- and I'll maybe I'll maybe go a little bit like that, just just right. so you know that like, hey, be prepared, like the whole blood, you know, I'm, I'm looking after your body, okay, I'm looking after you. Right. right? <laughs> I'm trying to remember, was there was there a time when we watched a scary movie together and you and you and you tried to scare me and I punched you? I'm sure you did. I'm sure that has happened. I'm not imagining we've that. Never definitely... out, we've, never uh, no, we've never fallen out, but we've never fallen out. we've never fallen out. We've never had an argument. We've never had an argument in 21 years. <laughs> the other trailer that I want to talk about, which is something that we, you and I definitely will go and see together, is In the Heights. 
And it was a trailer for one of the songs that features in the musical In the Heights, which is yeah. 96,000, um, which I, I don't quite know the context of it. And I don't really know this story, but just, just for the, the, you know, for completion, it is the Lin-Manuel Miranda's previous musical before he did Hamilton, but they're doing a, a, a kind of movie musical kind of style direction piece. Yeah. It looks wonderful. I yeah. mean, the, tr- the trailer is pretty lengthy, but it's a, fucking colorful looking trailer that they've got for this film um and i i, I mean I, i'd imagine it's maybe gonna go to the streaming as well as the cinema release it's being released yeah, on hopefully. june 18th so you've got to think that it's i mean if they were going to make so many cash you'd probably just stick it straight to the theater eh? um i don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know maybe or maybe just maybe to sell a streaming service would it be yeah. disney I, I i mean like hamilton was disney i don't know yeah. if, if it's if it's lin-manuel's production company or something that that's in with mickey mouse has got him hostage or something yeah, like maybe <laughs> yeah i can just imagine lin-manuel oh. just sitting in a cell somewhere and mickey's yeah. just like yeah, just whipping he's, him. he's Keep not playing. right do you know what right <laughs> right here's here's an image for you here's an image for you yeah. uh lin-manuel miranda yeah. is his buddy yeah. Right. He's tied. Uh, he's tied. No. Yeah. Lin Manuel is Buddy, and Mickey Mouse is Marcellus Wallace with a ga- <laughs> with a gag ball around his neck, oh, holding God. a shotgun. <laughs> Looks like the spider caught him. Looks like the spider cut himself a fly. <laughs> <laughs> the gimp's asleep. <laughs> Wake him up! <laughs> I bet you got better go wake him up. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like he's tied to the tracks. No, yours is much better. I was going to say no, tied no, to the tracks no, of the Magic well, Kingdom I, tree. No, but originally no, because I, I, I think that that version is funny. I was thinking, I was thinking after Marcellus escapes and as Marcellus was, so you've so you then got Mickey Mouse saying, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get some hard hitting motherfuckers here to go on homes here with a pair of pliers and a blowtorch." <laughs> You hear me, Billy boy? <laughs> I ain't I'm done sure. with you a damn sight. <laughs> you, you watched uh, Pulp Fiction recently, mate? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm gonna go medieval on your ass. I love that line. I love that line. Is it? Do you know this? There's something so creative about that. That 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 line. I mean, oh, like I know we're Tarantino talking about Pulp dialogue. But, My but God, I'm gonna go medieval. Because that just, it, it's, you get that, oh God, because everyone knows what, you know, <laughs> yes. known for its, a famous about scene to in the ha- torture he, sequence. He's about to very much not have a very nice evening. No, no. no it's a bloody darn evening that he's not going to have. No. Um, anything else before we move on? I know you had a few other little things. I think there was Marvel Sizzle Reel, I guess. Well, there were, yeah, there was a Marvel Sizzle Reel, which I was like, I knew it was a uh, Sizzle Reel, because it was called a celebration of the movies and stuff like that. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay, this is another MCU pat on the back. Look at this amazing thing that we've created. Uh-huh. And, and, I've, and I've tried to be a little more objective yeah. about watching these self-aggrandizing things as like, okay, you've built this behemoth of a media empire. Yeah. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to get too hyped for, for the sake of it. But goddamn, they know how to build hype. Well, it's in accordance to, of course, phase four, where all nine movies are now slated. This is the yeah. phase four. A couple of, uh, a couple of, go for it. Yeah, because it's interesting because it's like it's three minutes long, and the first two and a half minutes are seen, stuff we've seen before, are, are stuff we've seen before, and a very emotional 
voiceover from the late Stan Lee. Oh, I know. Uh, and then the last 30 seconds are <laughs> never before seen footage of upcoming releases and their corresponding release dates, which of make course. all of us throw our popcorn in the air and go, woohoo! Yeah, exactly. So we, I mean, as, as you say, we, we got a couple of, we got also got a couple of uh, title releases of the the marvels or is it is it is it the what is it called the marvels fam yeah the marvels the marvels Um, which i think is actually really very interesting because i've 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 heard comparisons to the reason it's called the marvels is kind of like it's a 90s kind of girl pop band kind of like the bangles or something like that interesting which is which again is really leaning into the the style of the captain marvel era which I think is quite interesting. So just just to rattle through them all, then we have Black Widow, 2021, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, 2021. Or ten bracelets. Ten bracelets, exactly, the ten bangles. Um, then we got The Eternals. We got our first images of what The Eternals looks like. And, yeah. mate, I'm really excited. It just it, It's looking Justice League-esque, doesn't it, it? Yeah, in the last, just in the last, like, month or so, the Eternals has really gone up the the pecking order of things that I'm most excited to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like totally. Eternals is right up there. Um, Spider Man No Way Home 2021 again, very tight lipped about that one. We got to get a trailer for that pretty soon, don't yeah. we? Did you see that Andrew Garfield um did an interview where he said that, or he suggested that he's not in this movie? Oh, come on, mate. Get in the bloody movie. We know you're going to be in there. He said, oh, I've not had a call. Ah, get out of town. Uh, And I'm like, nah, he's in it. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness 2022. Yeah. Um, We got a first little sizzle of Thor Love and Thunder. We got the lightning strike from it. Absolutely. And the announcement that the second Black Widow film is Black... Black Widow... I'm getting them all mixed up. Black Panther film is Black Panther Wakanda Forever yeah what do you think about that yeah it's great what do you what do you think it's gonna what do you think it means honestly i kind of think it means that they're not gonna have a central black panther character yeah exactly i personally think that it means that it'll be like a really great smorgasbord of different Wakandan characters. Completely, yeah. Doing some sort of Wakandan team adventure. Yes. And then maybe one of them at the end of the movie picks up the mantle of yes. Black Panther. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's it. my official prediction. Do you know what, mate? I I think that's a I think that's the banker's bet on this one. I think that's a really safe assumption. Right, doing it, betting yeah, the farm. Call it in. It's going to be But that's great. I mean, like that's all the but that's what we're getting, isn't it? We've got all these groups. We've got the groups of Eternals. We'll have maybe like the the Dormelage or, or something like this is the, is the Wakanda family. There's like a, a team. We've got the Marvels yeah. as we as we have in 2022. Yeah. We'll have the Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll have, obviously, the Avengers themselves. There are all these little teams. And, of course, uh, well, I'll get to it before we, we get back to that. We've The other release is 2023 Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, yeah. um, which I'm happy they're doing because I think there was rumors that it wasn't going to be a, a film, a feature film. I, I heard it was potentially the third one was going to be a TV series, but I'm happy yeah. it is a film. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is also 2023, but the other team-up was Fantastic Four. Yeah. Now, I... I think there was a little bit confusion because obviously recently there was the announcement that Captain America 4 is coming out. And then when we saw the kind of four in the circle, I was like, is this Captain America 4 or is that the Fantastic? I I didn't know, but it's got to be the Fantastic Four, right? Mm. 
I think it's Captain America four. Do you think it's not yeah. actually? Oh, I think it's a tease. I, I think it's a. I think it's a tease. Oh. I think. It, I think. It, I think it's them saying, "We know you want Fantastic Four yet, and we have them, but we're not going to give them to you." Until what if they intro- well, Please. What if they introduce the Fantastic Four during Captain America four? Well, they could introduce the Fantastic Four in anything they damn well please, couldn't they? Mm. And the only like, one because they kind of bridge the gap between you know Earth and Cosmic as far sure. as the Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the silver, the silver Surfer kind of does a large part of that as I well. I love the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I would love character. to see him done well on screen. Um, and the only one that we didn't really see, but we do know is coming, is Blade. The the, the sort of the Martial Alley Blade, which we do know is in the works. Nice. But nice. That Again, was it. keen for that. That was it from the from the Marvel. So yeah, really, really amazing. Really excited to see. And I think I think you're absolutely right with your Wakanda, Wakanda Forever um, prediction. Cool. Oh, that, was, that was a lot of meaty news. I like yeah, that. It was. Are we are we done? We I think good? so. I think that's a show. What do we have to do next, Alex? What do we what what do you have to do? I don't know what you what have you to do. But I'll tell the do. listeners what they have to do is go onto the Apple Podcasts app, find us on there, give us a cheeky little five star rating, and perchance a review. You can tell us what you think of the show. If you don't want to do that, you can tell us your favorite movie, you can tell us your favorite movie soundtrack. We love to see and read and hear any and all of your thoughts we love it oh dude, we do stretch oh yeah that's a monstro stress <gasps> stretch right there you can also find us on loads and loads of other platforms including spotify yeah. that you like to listen to your podcasts mm-hmm. so no worries there if you want to get more directly in touch with the show we also have an email address as well i really elongated that to let callum finish his stretch that's fine it was a good stretch and i'm happy i would have i would have screamed at mid you know when you're just like when you reach out and you have to just go motionspot at gmail.com where you can contact us as alex says you can also catch us on the gram and join our fun conversations in which we're kicking off alex over to you with some interesting news i believe well absolutely uh, we usually we usually dedicate this time to thank the designer of our lovely artwork, KTC Graphic Design, who ha- has a lovely Etsy shop mm. full which of you, movie prints. And for the- listeners of the podcast, is offering a 20% discount. So we will link the... Well, we will link the link to the shop uh, in our episode description and you can go on and enter the code MotionsPod20 for 20% off. There, you heard it first, MotionsPod20. So yeah, get on there. There's some amazing artwork and stuff that's all music and movie related. Now, next week, we were teasing Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I'm going to go with no for Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? Okay. The other one that we had was yesterday that we talked a little bit about. I did watch that recently as well. Yeah, I've watched it recently. Do we we maybe move We don't have to do these together. We don't have to do these together. We We can come back to that. We can come back to that. I think think let's head back to the email. Um, There's a couple of things we want to watch. I I think I've got a day off actually next week. I might be able to... I'm able to action on some stuff that I've not seen in a while. Um, it's going to have to be an off-air decision, isn't it? Oh yeah, as a, as always. We're we're, got, we're falling into a bad habit, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we not need to do habit, better. We need yeah. to do better. We need to do, yeah. Must do better. It's must like, do it's better. Like my primary school report card. This. Well, thank you very much for listening, and until then, bye now. All right, guys. Ta ta. Mm-hmm.